Hey now, hey now, hey now, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a brand new edition of Over the Line, back again. So excited to be here as we have some stuff and some things for you today. Feeling a lot better today. Yesterday was rough, as you know, if you watch yesterday's episode. Man, I felt like I had been hit by a truck, and on the day of all days, such an important day yesterday, but I made it through. I survived, and guess what else I did? Mm -hmm. That's right. I went to Bucky's. Uh, yep, yep. First day Bucky's is open. My life is officially complete as I made my way over there, and I gotta tell you, it exceeded all expectations. Look at that. Look how happy I am. Got the t-shirt going on here. It was um it was overwhelming to say the least. It really was. After watching that construction for months and months on end and finally getting to go inside and see what this place is all about, it was still overwhelming. I don't think I was ready for what I was about to experience. And for the remainder of the day, everybody I crossed paths with, um, I told them, I told them all about it. Most of them didn't really care. They're like, I don't even know what that means. I don't even know what a Bucky's is. But um, I told them anyway. And so maybe one day, maybe one day they will go buy Bucky's and it'll change their life as well, like it did mine. Because I'm a different person than I was yesterday. I'm telling you. Before we get started, let me tell you about my good buddies at Vapor Forge out on 280. If you ain't been by there yet, you need to go. If you're one of these vapor people or you still smoke the cigarettes, listen, smoking cigarettes is an old way to go. It's old school. I get it. You know it's not good for your health. Breathing in all that tar and carcinogens and poisons and whatever else you know, you probably should stop. This is a good way to stop. Now, I'm not going to pretend like it is easy just to go from one to the other, but you can gradually work your way over to the vapes. And where everybody will tell you not smoking and not vaping is the best route to go, I will tell you vaping is 100 times better than smoking. I know this for a fact. I've experienced it. I know people that have experienced it. People that have gotten medical advice from doctors that are like, man, uh, after smoking for so many years and then switching to the vape, it's like you never smoked a day in your life. Your lungs healed themselves. Now, I'm not giving you medical advice here because I'm not really allowed to do that. But what I am saying is if you want to get off the cigarettes, you don't want to smell like Marlboros anymore everywhere you go, Check out Vapor Forge. These are my buddies. These are my homies, and they are going to take care of you. You just got to make sure when you go by there, you let them know, hey, heard you on Over the Line. Andrew McClain was talking about you, and I just want to come by and check out, see what you've got. They've also got plenty of CBD stuff and Delta 8, all stuff that will uh, ail uh, or, or help a lot of your ailments that, uh, that you have. Just go check them out. They'll explain everything you need to know about anything and everything they got in here. Uh, they're on uh, on Highway 280, 4673 Highway 280 East in Birmingham, right by Bailey Brothers, if you know the area. 205-874-9010 is their number. 
9010. Just don't forget when you go by there, you tell them, hey, heard you on over the line. By the way, we're still pushing TikTok as well. And uh, as I said yesterday, man, I'm kind of excited about TikTok. It's addicting, first of all, just on the user side of it. But we seem to be getting a lot of traction through TikTok just by posting short clips of the of of the show. There it is in the background. You hear it? So hopefully that'll translate into people checking out this podcast. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. But uh, nonetheless, it's it's a good tool. If you haven't added us on there at Andrew McLean, who it's not an official over the line uh, account on TikTok. It's just my personal, but we're just kind of using it for that. So go check that out. It's good stuff. Good times. All right. Here we go. Y'all ready? Yesterday, I'm just going to start with this because yesterday we were talking about COVID-19 and the fact that all of a sudden all these mayors and governors of uh, Democrat-run cities have seen the light and they're finally realizing Ironically, at the same time that the administration in the White House has changed, that the way to go is not lockdowns, statewide lockdowns, that it's not helping them. Because, actually, as they, the, 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 the states and the cities that have locked down the most actually keep getting worse. So now, all of a sudden, Joe Biden's in office, and they're like, wait a minute... I think I know what the problem is. Maybe we need to open stuff back up. Not only will it help alleviate the pandemic, but it'll help our economy. Because the economy is important. You know, people working and, you know, doing stuff like eating or buying clothes or paying rent. You know, trivial stuff. But we still want to worry about that, right? So they've decided they're going to start reopening. You heard all that yesterday. I didn't concentrate a whole lot on Dr. Fauci, but I could literally do an entire show on this guy because Dr. Fauci is nothing short of a fraud. An absolute fraud. And he's a guy, he's he's a guy that's hungry for money and power. And if you've ever done any research on Dr. Fauci's career, you will find that out pretty quick. Uh, I think some in the media, not the mainstream media, but some of these outsider news establishments are starting to pick up on the fact that that is Dr. Fauci's MO. I, I saw several articles this morning talking about Dr. Fauci actually happens to be, you ready for this? the highest paid employee in the entire federal government. (laughs) That's right. And we know there's a lot of rich people that work within our federal government. Now, this is the money that he's paid via the government itself, via taxpayer dollars. This is not people and lobbyists and special interests this is this does not count the money that he's he's getting stuffed in his pockets on the side or whatever he's doing to patent co- uh, coronavirus or making money off the vaccine no that this is all outside of that so in, in, when you look at the number it doesn't look that big but it does say a lot 
that Dr. Fauci, who nobody knew who he was three, four years ago, is the highest paid employee in the entire federal government. Now, this is not Dr. Fauci's the highest paid guy because he had to take over such an important task at the beginning of 2020 because these numbers are from 2019, before, allegedly before, coronavirus ever made it to the shores of America, which also is not true. But Dr. Fauci, according to OpenTheBooks.com, says Fauci made $417,608 in 2019 from his role in the federal government. Two other Department of Health and Human Services employees made more than the President of the United States. That's John York and Gary Gibbons. I don't expect y'all to know either of those guys. But um, they both made over $400,000, which is what the President of the United States makes every year. Each president makes $400,000 per year. Well, except Donald Trump. I mean, he technically made it, but he donated every dime he made as president. He was was literally president for free. And we don't need to forget that, okay? $2.5 million. That's how much Dr. Fauci, director of the National Institute for Health, National Institute for Allergy and Infectious Disease, and current chief medical advisor to the president will make in salary from 2019 through 2024 if he stays in his post through the end of the current administration and doesn't or didn't already get a raise. Expect him to get a raise. It's just a hunch, but I I fully expect to see that happen. In a 10-year period between 2010 and 2019, Fauci made $3.6 million in salary, since 2014, Fauci's pay increased from 335000 to then surpass the President of the United States with $417,608. So, there you go. Dr. Fauci. Now, here's what... You can tell a lot about someone just in their mannerisms and how they act in different situations. And really get a grasp of what their motives are or, you know, just just who they are in general. And that was really highlighted when the administrations changed at the White House. When Trump left and Biden came in, Fauci went from serious, all about the coronavirus, everything is deadly, it's the worst month ever, the numbers keep going up, we gotta have more testing... To cutting up and joking around at the podium during the press briefing room. Now, why is that? Coronavirus didn't change. The trajectory of the pandemic didn't change. And according to Joe Biden, it's not going to change for months. We're still uh, uh, being told that we've got astronomical uh, uh, cases and, and deaths across the country. So why is Dr. Fauci jovial all of a sudden? Well, he explained that to you. Because he talked about how hard it was to work for the Trump administration. How they had their hands tied behind their back. And couldn't really do their job. (laughs) 
Well, that turned out to be a good thing. Anybody that's looking at this stuff on paper realizes tying their hands behind their back was probably the best thing we could have done because what normally would have taken 10 years took a matter of months to get vaccines out to people and really turn things around. Now, it was only turned around for a few states, and that was well-managed states like Republican-run states, Democrat states, didn't do as well because they are masters at mismanagement. And I think they do that intentionally. I think they have more sinister reasons for the decisions they make. But um, maybe it wasn't a bad thing that Fauci was restricted under the Trump administration. We may not be as in in, uh, good of a shape as we are today, no matter what you think about coronavirus. Also, Dr. Fauci says, guess what? If you ain't wearing two masks, you ain't doing it right. If you're just walking around with one mask over your face, as you see Dr. Fauci is doing here at our nation's capital, you are uh, you're doing something that's completely pointless. If you haven't been wearing two masks, you need to start doing so now. Now, I've known you, uh, you guys have seen certain politicians wearing two masks. They'll wear like a white mask on the bottom and then another, you know, silk type mask that everybody wears on top of that. I'm not wearing two masks. I'm not even wearing one mask, y'all. This is almost, there are days where I feel like Dr. Fauci and others are just trying to see how far they can go with messing with us. And see, like, how much can we get them to actually do? If two masks are better than one, then wouldn't three masks be better than two? What about six masks? Wouldn't that be the ultimate protection against COVID-19? If all Americans were forced to buy six masks, that would help China, you know, quadruple their profits if we did that. Because China's making all the money off these masks. Every mask that y'all buy, you'll know it's coming from China. You're buying it from a gas station or a convenience store. You got a little Chinese tag with a big red star on it. Let's all wear five, six, seven masks. And just make sure we're as uncomfortable as possible going through life. Y'all know where I stand on this. I'm I'm not I'm not saying and and honestly, I don't I've yet to hear anybody say that COVID nineteen is not real. That it's just a made up disease. Those that get frustrated with people of a different opinion will say, oh, you're a COVID denier. Nobody's denying COVID. People are denying what it's actually doing to the citizens of this country and the citizens of the world. We've been lied to about what this virus has done. We've been lied to from the jump. From the time it was created in a lab, we were told it was... Um, it came from a, an animal, a bat at a wet market. Some Chinese dude ate a bat and contracted COVID-19. And then it all of a sudden spread all over the world. Not true. And then we were told that it was killing large numbers of people. And all the while we're scratching our heads going, 
why are we counting people that were hit by a car as a COVID-19 death? Why are we counting somebody that died of a heart attack as a COVID-19 death? Why are we why are we putting people on ventilators that don't need to be on ventilators? Have you ever seen any of those videos? Nurses in hospitals saying we're literally killing people because we're giving them the wrong treatment for the problems that they have. That's why the CDC and even the WHO is coming out now because we're trying to make it look better. Put it put COVID-19 in a better package to make sure Joe Biden looks good. That's why they're coming out now and saying, "Yeah, we well, we these numbers, we've we've been counting We've been a little too generous in counting these numbers. Instead of counting actual cases and infection, we, we've been counting particles. <laughs> it's like, what? And they knew that they could do that, and the public was not going to question them. You already had, when this thing first hit, you had the upper hand because the society was scared. They were scared because they didn't know. They were clueless as to what they were about to face. So everybody was nervous. I was nervous. You were nervous. Everybody was. We didn't know anything about this. But as time goes on, we, the American people, people like me, people like you, will start doing our research. We'll start looking into things and we'll start figuring out what's really happening. And that's what's gone on here. We have watched all this transpire, kept a close eye on it, and we're realizing that everything has been inflated or an outright lie. And the motivation for it was one thing and one thing only. That was politics. This was all about politics. As a whole, it was about politics. Judging by Dr. Fauci's demeanor, he definitely wanted Joe Biden to win that election. Judging by Dr. Birx's demeanor, she definitely wanted Joe Biden to be the president. We know those in Congress wanted Joe Biden to be president, even some Republicans. So that was their motivation, because they weren't taking this virus as serious as they said we needed to take it. Remember, it was just a month or two ago. Dr. Burtz got busted going on vacation with three generations of her family and had to come back and apologize. <laughs> He's like, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. Like, how do you make how do you make that mistake? Your life has been consumed with the response to COVID-19. You think about COVID-19 day and night. You spend all your time laying out the directives as to how people in this country need to conduct their life in order to cope with COVID-19. But you forget for a moment and start planning a vacation with three generations of your family? That doesn't make a lot of sense. Dr. Fauci the same way. Now, Fauci's got different motivations on top of the political stuff because he's got his hands in a patent on coronavirus, just all coronaviruses, which would actually be illegal because you can't patent nature, and coronavirus is allegedly nature, unless unless it was made in a lab. 
Nonetheless, Fauci is set to profit tremendously, tremendously from COVID-19 vaccinations, tests, and everything else. He's set for life because of this. So, hopefully, hopefully because of that, because there's nothing we can do to change it, hopefully he'll just retire and get out of our face. And we can get some money with common sense in there. Won't be anytime soon, but it's um, it's wishful thinking. But remember that the, the highest paid official in the federal government is telling you, if you're not wearing two masks now, that you are not doing it right. That you might as well not even be wearing a mask. There's no point whatsoever. So take that and do what you will with it. Another point I want to throw at you guys today. And this is a good one. This is really good. As of... As of yesterday, Donald John Trump has created the office of... The former president. (laughs) That's right. Remember how Joe Biden, he had this make-believe the office of the president-elect? And everybody's like, oh, the office of the president-elect. That's so cool. You know, he's leaning up, coming up, going to be president. Such a big deal. So cool. Donald Trump's like, okay, if if that's the thing now, I'm going to create the office of the former president. And this is not this is not an office where all former presidents get to, you know, do their thing or go do whatever. This is Donald Trump's office. It's an epic troll, which this guy's a master at. But he's like, well, if you can have your little fictitious office, I'm gonna make one myself. The office of the former president. They sent out a press release. Today, the 45th president of the United States, Donald J. Trump, formally opened the office of the former president. The office will be responsible for managing President Trump's correspondence, public statements, appearances, and official activities to advance the interests of the United States and to carry on the agenda of the Trump administration through advocacy, organizing, and public activism. President Trump will always and forever be a champion for the American people. That statement is 110% true. 110%. And that's being highlighted every day as I, well, a kind of battle between getting stuck in a TikTok vortex and trying to keep up with the news. I struggle with that now. Um... As I watch Joe Biden with his press conferences and his public statements, it is such a stark contrast to what we've dealt with over the past four years. Over the past four years, we dealt with a president that would get up on a stage, walk up to a podium, and just tell it like it is. Be straight up, be honest, and just tell you what's going on. And do it in a way that would make you feel good and make you feel like, hey, this guy's looking out for me. 
This guy's actually doing what he needs to do to make sure not we get things, but that we have the opportunity to build the lives that we want. I watched Joe Biden go up on a stage over the past week or two. And first of all, he can barely get his words out. But second, the statements are just the old school, bland talking points that nobody believes. We all know, in Joe's words, it's malarkey. It's just those old school political talking points where they're just talking at you, saying the same old thing that they've lied about for decades, sticking an air hose up your rear end and pulling the trigger. I did not miss that. And maybe we got a little spoiled because when I hear it now, it makes me almost sick. But it's just, it, it's what we said was business as usual. And it sucks. It absolutely sucks. There was a time where we used to all be able to agree that politicians were, to take a term from the left that they use in it, you know, it, they all used the same talking points, so when this word started coming up, everybody was using it. Politicians, we all used to agree politicians were grifters. We used to agree that they just lied to get into office. They never did what they said they were going to do, and they just they all used the same talking points. We all used to agree on that. And the way Joe Biden is conducting himself was the exact posture, the, the, the exact personality MO that we used as a template to say, this is, you know, your average politicians, they don't care about us little people. They're just up there doing their things, stuffing their pockets, schmoozing with the lobbyists and special interests. They just tell us what they think we want to hear, get elected, and then forget about us. We used to all agree on that. Republican, Democrat, Independent, all of us. But over the past few years, and especially with the rise of Donald Trump, there's been a large portion of the American public that's like, it's like a, a, a switch was flipped, and they're like, all of a sudden, they just believe everything these lifelong politicians are telling them. And they're really being told to believe the stuff. But it's the same old, same old. What you've got is, and this this is not even necessarily a generational thing, but you do have a lot of young people that are getting involved and keeping up with politics for the first time in their life. And so they don't know their history. They, they, they don't have this template of looking back and remembering what Bill Clinton or George Bush or uh, even Barack Obama in his early days, what he said on the campaign trail that he never delivered on. They don't have that template to be able to look at Joe Biden, see what he's saying today, and say, man, that's what those the, the last five presidents have said, and they didn't do anything. But for those of us that do, 
We look at it and we say, fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Third time, fourth time, fifth time, sixth time. Shame on me. And we get it. We get that they're giving us the same old, same old. Same verbiage, same talking points. Buy American. Buy American. Hire labor unions. Can you believe Joe Biden came out yesterday? Talking about, we're going to buy American. We're going to create millions of jobs. Millions of high-paying labor jobs. Days after he killed tens of thousands of jobs? I mean, who believes that? He doesn't even believe that. He's literally doing the opposite of what he's telling you he's going to do while he's saying it. He's, he's doing it at the exact same time. And people are buying it. Average people aren't buying it. The people that are losing their jobs aren't buying it. And hopefully, when things like your gas prices start going through the roof, you won't be buying it. But maybe you will. Maybe you'll be happy. Because the left, the Democrat Party, will throw you some fluff piece and be like, well, we're paying gas prices to build a better America. I can almost write Joe Biden's speeches, by the way. Do your part. It's your patriotic duty to pay higher gas prices in order to make America better. All while Joe Biden's making out with Xi Jinping over in China, slobbering all over each other. And Hunter Biden's smoking crack and stuffing his pockets full of money. We'll get our kumbaya moment with the current president because we're doing our patriotic duty. Now, can you think of anything patriotic about paying $5 a gallon for gas while wearing, <laughs> pumping $5 a gallon gas while wearing three masks on your face because the government told you to do so? What's more patriotic than that? Sounds patriotic to me. It's sickening. It, it, it's absolutely sickening. It's disturbing and it's depressing. It's absolutely depressing. Now, on the political side, we haven't heard much from Donald Trump into what the future plans are. We're all kind of on the same page as what we would like to see. And that is Donald Trump running again in 2024. We'd like to see that. We don't know if that's going to happen. He's up there in age. But, I mean, we look at the current president. I mean, the guy is almost 80 years old. So who's to say Donald Trump, who's the most high-energy 70-something-year-old on the planet, couldn't do this four years from now, especially if he's got four years to rest and is not going from uh, sun up to sun down and getting two hours of sleep every day. He could be well-rested for 2024 and even start his campaign two years early. That's kind of what we want to see, but some people have brought up the concept of a Patriot Party, which would be a uh, a, a spinoff of the Republican Party, much like the Tea Party was back during the Obama years. 
The Tea Party was disenfranchised conservatives and Republicans that said, you know what, I don't even want to associate with this party anymore. We're going to make our own party, the Tea Party. It got a lot of momentum, a lot of momentum, but it didn't survive because you have to stay together in order to defeat the other side. For instance, coming up in the Super Bowl, we got the Kansas City Chiefs playing the Tampa Bay Bucks. If Tampa Bay decided that they were going to split their team in half and each play the Chiefs, both teams would probably lose because they're a weaker team because they're only half a team. The same goes for splitting the Republican Party. Now, I'm going to be the first to criticize the Republican Party. I've had to disassociate myself from the Republican Party multiple times over the past decade or two because they make me absolutely sick. They have no spine. They have no backbone. It's also part of why I love Trump so much because he actually put a backbone in the Republican Party, at least to an extent. But the people that bring up the idea of the Patriot Party it's a good concept. I love the logo, by the way. Instead of an elephant or a donkey, it's a lion. Love it. Love it. But it's just not smart politics. So yesterday, I started seeing headlines about a filing with the FEC for a new political party, the Patriot Party. And I thought, man, that is a bad Bad idea. Please tell me we're not really doing this. And my first thought was, because I'm I'm sitting here on pins and needles waiting for former President Trump to say something, you know, about what his future plans are. So I thought maybe he's got a hand in it. But apparently he does not. And that is good news. He says, or the Trump campaign disavowed the notice that was apparently linking him to this filing of the Patriot Party, and that is a win for Trump supporters and Republicans alike. So just to clarify that, there's going to be no Patriot Party, at least backed by Donald Trump. And, and I mean, let's be honest, if Donald Trump's not going to back your new political party, what's the point in having it, right? So there's that, and um, honestly, I... I don't know what will happen with that. I don't. I, I think I think what needs to happen, and this is strictly my opinion, is that the people that feel like they would be a fit for the Patriot Party need to let the GOP know, let the Republicans know, hey, we run this party now. Because even some on the left, those on the left even realize it. They, there's a lot of, I mean, they, they mean this in a derogatory way, but they say the Republican Party is Trump's party now. And they're like, oh, yeah, the Republican Party is such a disaster. It's Trump's party now. That's not a bad thing. That's actually a good thing. That empowers the GOP. So instead of making the Patriot Party, what we have to do is we have to let the establishment Republican knows you guys are in the minority in this party. We run this party now. Consider it a cease and desist. But this is our party now. I am seeing conservatives and people that identify as Republicans, I'm seeing that group of people 
as a more diverse group than I've ever or thought I would ever see within the Republican Party. Because my whole life, it's been old white guys that were Republicans, right? But because conservatives are attacked and shunned and looked at as outcast in society in certain parts of this country, it's beginning to make being a conservative cool. So you have a lot of young people that are looking at that and saying, instead of, you know, fighting capitalism with my iPhone and and my Starbucks, you know, protesting in front of Wall Street, why don't I be a conservative and be a real outcast, be a real outsider? And that is causing a lot of people, a lot of young people of different colors, races, backgrounds, genders, to say, hey, I think this is where my beliefs line up. This is what I'm going with. And guess what? We welcome them with open arms. We're never all going to agree on every single issue, but we don't have to. The only thing we need to agree on is that we love this country and we want what's best for it. And what's best for this country is ultimately what's best for everyone in this country. That's all we got to agree on. That's it. And I think we do. One of the things that's best for this country is to end the monopoly, the dictatorial grip of big tech on free speech. Now, people have said to me numerous times over the past few months when censorship from big tech has been a hot topic and you'll get this as well i I know you've heard it from people well big tech's a private company they can do what they want to do how about this this is my favorite argument pretend big tech is a bakery and they bake cakes and then a gay couple comes up and says we want a cake for a gay wedding and the the big tech bakery says Well, we don't believe in that, so we're not going to bake you a cake. They use that in order to say, Twitter, Facebook, private companies, they can do what they want to do. That would be a good argument if that bakery had as much power as Facebook and Twitter do. But here's the real difference. Here's the real difference between Twitter and Facebook. Here's the real difference between big tech and a bakery not selling a gay couple cake. Big tech is deciding who can and can't say stuff online, not because they believe this, that, or the other, but because Washington, D.C. is telling them they don't need to be saying this, that, or the other. Washington, D.C. has Section 230. And if they pull Section 230, it opens these guys up to all kinds of lawsuits. But those in Congress go to Jack Dorsey, go to Mark Zuckerberg, and they say, as long as you'll keep these people silent, we will keep your protections in place. And at that point, guess what? Those government officials are deciding what you can and can't say on these platforms, and that is a direct violation of your free speech. It's not about what Jack and Lord Zuckerberg want. 
It's about what those in Congress and those in government are telling them that they want. Do this or we'll come after you. Holding them ransom, holding them hostage for a ransom and saying, we will tell you what can and can't be said. Doesn't matter what Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg think should and shouldn't be said. That's not violating any free speech. But the government deciding absolutely is. And that's why it's such a danger. We've seen the latest example of that with Mike Lindell. The CEO of MyPillow.com. He has officially been permanently banned from Twitter. That's right. Now, Mike Lindell has been attacked relentlessly from the moment that he announced his support for President Trump. Okay. When he did that, he was he, Mike Lindell was very popular, and he's got an amazing story. This is a guy that was down on his luck. He was addicted to crack. He was losing his family, and then all of a sudden he was able to flip it around and create a multi-million, multi-billion dollar business out of his basement. He came out in support of the president. He he came to fame initially because he just, he, he had, for those of you in, in Birmingham, Alabama, he had kind of the Alexander Shinar thing going on where he just literally advertised everywhere. And if you advertise everywhere, you and your product become a household name. So that's how he got so popular. And it, then at one point, major retailers started carrying his products, Walmart and Bed Bath and & Beyond and all that stuff. But then Mike Lindell decided he was going to throw his hat in the ring and support a candidate. That candidate was Donald J. Trump. Well, cancel culture then kicks in and says, oh, this guy's a household name and he's supporting the enemy, so we have to shut him down. Their attempts did not work. What they did initially was went to the Better Business Bureau, which is a crock. If you're if you're using the Better Business Bureau as the bar or the standard for whether or not you should do business with somebody, you need to reevaluate how you evaluate. They all went to the BBB. It started giving my pillow horrible horrible ratings until they were at the very bottom they they were scoring an f even though mike lindell's a great guy and my pillow is a fantastic product we've got four my pillows here at this house but once mike lindell started speaking out on this election and the obvious shady things that went on and the obvious fact that Donald Trump didn't lose this election, they really came after him. Because you're not allowed to, to, to talk like that. You're not allowed to say those things. So like, oh, we're not, we're not telling you you can't say it. We're just going to make sure we ruin your livelihood. So these companies, they start pulling his product. Lindell reportedly said last week that retail chains including Kohl's and Bed Bath & Beyond had dropped MyPillow's products after he made a trip to the White House 
to discuss alleged election fraud with Donald Trump. Twitter booted Lindell less than a week after it banned Trump from the platform while he was still in office, a controversial decision that raised questions about the company's power to police government officials. So they don't like what he said. Twitter and Facebook are in the back with cancel culture. And when you go against the grain, when you speak on things that you're not allowed to speak on, you're gone. This topic in particular has to do with what? Our elections, which directly affect who? Government officials, those in Congress. So what are those in Congress going to say to big tech? Don't let them say that. Remember, Section 230. Oh, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry, Mr. Senator. Don't worry, Madam Congresswoman. We'll get Mike Lindell out of here. That's the way it's going. That's what you have to understand. When somebody comes at you with Twitter and Facebook or private companies, it's so much more than that. Even Poland. Poland is urging the U.S. to start regulating big tech. When Poland is looking at the U.S. and saying, man, y'all's free speech is falling apart. We got problems. They're like, you are letting these people dictate how they can and cannot communicate. Outside of Congress pulling the strings of what Twitter and Facebook are doing, it is the, it, those are the biggest platforms on the planet and really the main source for how a lot of people communicate. And by censoring them, you are stopping them from communicating with each other. And it's not just about posts. Remember when the Hunter Biden uh, laptop story came out? Facebook and Twitter wouldn't even let you private message someone the story. They were in your inbox telling you what you could and couldn't say privately. By the way, we found out the Hunter Biden laptop story was actually true. That's how deep it got. Do you think Mark Zuckerberg was blocking the Hunter Biden laptop story because him and he and uh, uh, Hunter Biden are big buddies? No, no. It was because Democrats in Congress said, "Our guys got to win, and you got to bury this story. And if you don't, go ahead and say it. Section two thirty. That's right. That's right. That's what it's all about." It's really, it's it's so simple. It's simple math. It's not a complicated issue. It's not a complicated thing to figure out. But once you do figure it out, you understand. It is, in fact, a direct violation of free speech. Without a doubt. And the media is getting in on the fun as well. The media is working overtime to make the point to their viewers that the government has a role in regulating what people think. The government 
has a role of dictating people's behavior. They can stop you from committing crimes, murder, speeding, wearing your seatbelt. They have the right to do those things. That's what governments are for. But a government does not have a right to tell you what you can and can't think, what you can and can't believe. But the media seems to think differently. They think the government should be able to regulate what you think, what you look at, and what you consider truth and untruth. Next, what to do about QAnon and its droves of loyal followers? Is it too little too late to bring our loved ones back to reality? Many of those who believe the totally unfounded conspiracies and prophecies of QAnon expected January 20th to be Judgment Day. As far-right figures and QAnon conspiracy theorists are joined by Trump supporters who believe the election was stolen. QAnon is better viewed as an on-ramp to various different extremism circles. How many people in the country have been marinated uh, in these conspiracy theories, QAnon craziness, uh, and it is frightening. That should scare the ever-loving crap out of each and every one of you. That the mainstream media is pushing a narrative that the government needs to dictate what you think. That the government needs to be able to say, you can think this, you can believe this, but you can't believe that. You can't, you can't buy into the QAnon stuff. Because one day you may turn into a terrorist. Imagine that. Imagine them starting to police people by trying to stop it at the inception of the thought. How would they do that? Well, they would have to police your thoughts. In order to stop you from committing a potential crime that you're thinking about, they would have to police your thoughts. It's ironic because the left has made it clear that they have no interest in punishing some crimes. They want to let people out of jail with no cash bond. They want to let people riot in the streets and burn cities down with no punishment. But when it comes to other things, they want to police you so much they want to catch you thinking about it before you do it. Chop it off at the roots. If you're thinking about committing a crime, that's when we will take action. That's when we will arrest you. It's coming. If you sleep on these guys, it's coming. I'm telling you. That's it for today. Make sure you follow us on all the social media. At Andrew McLean, who on almost everything. We're on MeWe as well. Make sure you check out our TikTok and subscribe. We are 20, uh, what, what are we, 20? I think 21 subscribers away from 1,000. So help us get to that 1,000 mark. Hit the notification bell so you know when new episodes are up. We'll have a brand new one tomorrow. Until then, see you, Cook.